You're probably here at this video because you want to understand what's happening with the banks and then understand what's going to happen next. I want to go about it in two ways. First, I want to show you this uh, spreadsheet I've created to analyze the banks and their current position and determine why some banks are being run on and others aren't and who's going to collapse next and what you might be able to do about it. Then what I want to do is get into what caused this and is it justified? And why Why did Jerome Powell raise interest rates to put these banks in this precarious position? And was it the right thing to do or was it the wrong thing to do? Now, all of this is just going to be my opinion, and that's all it is. It is not financial advice. And let's get that out of the way first. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. My motive for putting this spreadsheet together was to try to gain a better understanding of what is the situation going on here and how is it that some of these banks are being run on and others aren't. So I went to Seeking Alpha and filled in these columns to give me a better understanding of how do, the, how do these banks relate to each other and why are some of them being run on and others aren't. And, and my, my basic understanding is that they take our money, uh, put it in a as a deposit, and then they go buy investments to, um, to generate revenue, to generate interest uh, that they can then make a profit. Oh, okay, they pay us a little bit, maybe if it's in a, an, an, a CD or a savings account, but they're making money on the spread. And that was all fine when they could go and uh, buy mortgage securities and, and bonds and uh, that there was a difference between what they were paying us and what they were earning. But as, as Jerome Powell started to raise interest rates, what they could pay us and, or what they could invest their money in or had invested their money in was yielding a lower rate than treasuries were. So as a result of that, astute investors said, hey, if I'm only getting 2% in the bank and, and the treasury will pay me 4%, uh, I need to move my money out of the bank. And the added benefit is the 2% is taxable from the bank, but the 4% from the treasury bills are not. So any large investor, and in particular, it was, it was these new startups who had billions of dollars that they had raised and were just having them set at the bank until they needed it, they went and said, hey, uh, we want our money back. And as a result of that, uh, they went underwater, okay? And the smaller the bank was, the more severe it became. So what I did was basically put this chart together. And the first thing, column A, is all the banks that are basically in question. The second thing I looked at was what are their assets and what are their liabilities and what is the relationship of their assets and their liabilities. And you can see they're all pretty close. Um, 
Zion Bank is the lowest. They're, they have uh, 105% um, relative uh, assets to liabilities. And, and the best is um, um, MTB. Uh, M&T Bank Corporation at 114%. But they're all basically the same. And you see your largest banks here are all are between, around 109 to 110%, meaning that they have 10% or 9% more assets than they have liability. So that's common thread. So that's that not that doesn't mean anything. Why I've made these red is because they are the smallest banks. Why these are yellow is because these are the banks that are under pressure. And why these are black is these are the banks that have folded. And what I'm looking for is what is out of line on these banks that are putting them under pressure. So I looked at their revenues how much how much income were they making and then what was the net income that was what are their liabilities um, minus their from their revenue and I, and I come out with their their net income I then say okay divide that into uh, their revenue and what's their um, what's their profit margins and you can see they're all pretty close to each other the ones that are are least are the biggest banks uh, Morgan Stanley and um, Wells Fargo and, and Citigroup. The ones that are the highest are the smallest banks. So that's not what's causing the problem. Then then I got into this um, analysis of their unrealized gains. This is what Jerome put on them. Uh, they went and bought as these deposits were coming in, particularly in 2020 and 2021, when there were a lot of SPACs, there were a lot of IPOs, there were a lot of new innovative companies that raised these billions of dollars, needed to put it somewhere until they needed. And they, the big place they put it was in this uh, Silicon Valley bank. Uh, 40% of their assets were, were, were that money. That, and again, think of it as you're a SPAC you, you, you're, or a, 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 a new company. You just got funded for uh, $2 billion and you know you're going to need it in the future. So you go put it in the bank. The, book, the book, bank puts it in, in the deposits. Uh, they buy treasuries or they buy mortgage securities. Now, the current interest rate by the treasury is is zero or one um, so you're not making a lot of money, but you're locking it up for, you probably are laddering it for two years, for four years, for eight years, as you think the companies are going to need it. That all is fine and well, because your spread, you still have something of a spread. Now what happened, as I said, is Jerome raises the interest rates. I'm young SPAC. I say I've got a billion dollars in there. I'm getting a one percent rate from uh, interest from the bank, but Jerome will give me four, and there's no taxes on that four. Get to the bank, take the money out, put it in the treasuries. That's what happened, and that's why um, uh, uh, Silicon Valley had a rush on the bank, and that's why they're insolvent. Now, this next that one that got it was uh, Signature Bank, a similar situation. And, and now you have these smaller banks who are suffering these, these upside-down in, interest 
paid and interest being paid situations. And here you see that in 2022, uh, Pacific Bank had a $780 million uh, deficit against their, um, their earnings difference from what they were making and what they were being paid. Now, if they could hold those assets to maturity, they, they, they'd get the full amount back. But this is what turned them into a negative position. And here you can see I have ranked them or I have shown you it, it, it happened to every bank. And here are your big banks down here, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, uh, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan. They had the same problem. And the percentage of loss relative to their revenues are the the ones that got hurt the most are here, this uh, Coromona, I can't pronounce that, Zion Bank, 103. That means they lost 8% more than they made on on uh, revenues. So they're underwater. Here's another one. Um, This is uh, Citizens. Is that right? Uh, No, that's Charles Schwab. This is is an interesting one that we're going to look at tomorrow uh, or someday in the future. But I've put in red the ones that are above the average, okay? Then what I want you to see is that this was not something that it, it happened when Jerome put it on them. Here you see that the prior year, they were up 66 uh, as opposed to being down 791. The prior year, they were up 173. This year, they're down, this is Pacific West, uh, 791. And you can see they they all are in that position, particularly when we get to 2020. Um, there's only one or two of them that were negative. Look at this one, though. This, this just baffles me. This is Citigroup. This is one of your top four or five banks in the country. They were losing money in this interest rate inversion for the last three years. That only happened to... Uh, here's this, this uh, signature, and um, here's this, this is First Republic. They've had the same mismanagement problem, and this is Morgan Stanley. They were upside down as well, but look at the percentages of upside down. Here, this, they're at, uh, Morgan, St- Morgan Stanley's at 4%, Citigroup is at 45, 54, 67 um, how is that, that all their compatriots of the big banks, for some reason, Citigroup is, stinks like, you know what? All right, so then, then I come down and I say, okay, what's their net net income? Here we have their net income, but now that doesn't report the losses that they had this year in their um, unrealized losses from from their bonds. So who lost the most net loss? That is your your net income minus what you lost here in 2022, uh, but you didn't have to declare. Well, the worst was um, Charles Schwab. And no, take that back. The worst is Citigroup. Here we look at 
at Signature, they aren't they aren't all that bad. Not compared to Citigroup and uh, Charles Schwab. This just looks kind of goofy to me. So, okay, let's go over here and then say, okay, this is the price of their stock today. Okay, this is the high of 52 weeks. This, I divided um, the columns, and this is how far they are off their high. Again, look what's happening. They're beating up on the small banks, okay? Um, and and this, this is your bank run. And when I say bank run, I'm not saying these are people showing up because I don't know how many people are showing up. What I know is the stock the the stock market is beating these people up. So there you have the only one that isn't being reported that um, uh, we're, we're in bad shape is uh, Western Alliance. So be aware that they might be on the on the block. But we know Pacific uh, or PacWest is this uh, commercial uh, Zion uh, Key Bank. And then you've got uh, First Republic, and th- this one is um, the uh, Sonoma Valley. It's already underwater. So this is what you're seeing. So what can you learn from that? Stay away from these banks. Down here, I've basically said, what I did then was count the number of red boxes uh, relative to these stocks. Uh, First Republic actually only has one. Let's see where that is. That is, they're being beat up by the stock market. The one that Zion has four. The one, the one again, Citigroup has four. But nobody's, in fact, Citigroup, there were, this was another thing that I thought was interesting. Uh, they, uh, apparently the government went to uh, the, the, the major banks, these ones down here, and said, hey, um, um, First Republic needs some help. Uh, give them some money. That's probably what happened just last two nights. And here's who stepped up. Um, so the, 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 let's see. Uh, Trussist, um, PNC, Bank, uh, U.S. Bank Corp., J. Stan, Morgan Stanley, um, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America. Who didn't? Who didn't? Citigroup and J.P. Morgan. Now, my understanding is, and I don't know that I've got this right, but when they first asked J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon said, no, I did that once. I'll never do it again. And he didn't, he didn't come and say, yeah, I'll give $5, five billion to, to help uh, First Republic. Now, I don't know if that's changed. It, I, I can only keep up with so much. But Citigroup, as I understand it, they didn't either. And I understand why. They look to me to be the worst bank, managed bank. But look, there's only a threat 23% drop in the value of their stock. Look at Morgan Stan- or uh, JP Morgan, only a 9%. This this is kind of telling here. For some reason, uh JP Morgan is is thought of extremely high, uh 13% on Morgan Stanley, but then you see these others 75, 58, 59, 82, 80% drop in their stock price. So, to me to say to you 
Which bank should you stay away from? Right down here. Uh, First Republic, all, all of these. Stay away from them. If you got money in them and you got more than 250000 in them, uh, get it out. Now, I, again, Joe said you'll be okay. Do you have that in writing? Do you have that? Joe stood behind the podium and said that no one will, will suffer a loss on, on the 250000 Do you have that in writing? I don't, so I don't believe it. I bank at Regions. Regions is in here, um, and so I don't have two hundred and fifty thousand in a savings account or a checking account. So I'm not worried about it because that is insured. We're going to talk about though tomorrow. What about your brokerage account? You might have multiple brokerages account. I have an IRA. Nita has an IRA. We have a joint account. Uh, we have a solo four hundred one k. Each one of those accounts are only insured for $250,000. So my IRA is substantially higher than that. So is Nita's. Do I need to separate those? Do I need to take and move part of that to uh, somewhere else? We got to get into that and figure it out. We're going to do a similar video on that. So this is where, what I would advise you to do. Get away from these banks. This is untested water, and it's obvious. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So don't expose yourself to it. Should you run in and say, hey, uh, Zion Bank is down uh, 54%. Uh, I, that's, that's a bargain. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because you don't know what Jerome's going to do next. If he raises those interest rates next week, like they say he is, 25 basis points, this is just going to get worse. And and I want to talk to you about what I think has happened here and why I think this was wrong. Let's do that now. Okay, so why did this happen? It happened because interest rates ran up. Well, why did interest rates go up? Because Jerome raised the interest rates. Why did Jerome raise interest rates? Because Jerome's challenge from Congress is to keep inflation down to around 2%, 2 to 3%. And in order to keep inflation down, he had to slow the economy down He because prices were going up. Well, why were prices going up? Well, eggs went up three times what they used to be. Why was that? Because of a chicken flu, Jerome, because of a chicken flu. Well, used car prices went up. Why was that? Because there were no no new cars available, Jerome. Why was that? Because we couldn't get semiconductors out of China, Jerome. That had nothing to do with interest rates. Well, why couldn't we get semiconductors out of China? Because China had shut down because of the, of the uh, coronavirus, Jerome. It had nothing to do with interest rates. Well, yeah, but but the price of housing was going up, and that was because of a shortage of housing, Jerome. Had nothing to do with interest rates. Yeah, but the price of fuel went up. Well, that went, the price of fuel and gas went up, Jerome, because the oil companies didn't make any money and had to shut down their wells and everything while we were all locked up and quarantined in our houses, Jerome. Had nothing to do with interest rates. It had to do, or the economy, it was just a shortage of fuel. And so there was more demand than there was, than there was supply.
And come on, Jerome, it's supply and demand. And we just went through a pandemic where we broke the supply chain. Why did my why did the prices of my sofas go up? And it took me six months to get them when I bought them. Because the foam rubber was made in China, Jerome. Yeah, the furniture was made in North Carolina, but they couldn't get the foam rubber that goes in the in the it had nothing to do with interest rates. My God. It is, isn't that all, all that complicated? We had never had a pandemic since 18, 1918. That's what all caused this. And the solution was not to raise interest rates. The solution was allow the economy to get back on track when all the parts are working. There were a lot of the parts that weren't working. So we made a mistake. We did the wrong thing. Did, should Jerome have figured that out? I certainly would think so, but he falls back and says, my edict from Congress is is to keep uh, inflation down, and the only tool I have to keep inflation down is interest rates. Well, look at the bozos who are telling you. Look who's in our Congress. Tommy Tuppertell, our, our, our ex-Auburn football coach, that bozo up in upper state New York who, who's a clown. Come on, my our other senator used to replace Richard Shelby, who had been there for thirty years. was was an ancient. He was older than me. Come on, and she was his secretary, and then she became a lobbyist, and now and now and now she's our senator. She knows nothing about economics. You look at your people. Look at look at the look at the eighty year olds that you have up there running this country. Come on. What we have now, what's going on in our banking system, is is attributable to one thing and one thing only, incompetence in Washington, D.C. They do not understand the economy. They do not understand how the banks work. And, and they, excuse me, they screwed it up. Okay? So what do we do? All we can do is get the hell away from the banks until they get this sorted out because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And if Jerome comes in next week and raises the interest rates up again, he's an imbecile. He's just going to make the situation worse. It, and, and, and you're going to put these banks further and further in jeopardy. Did they do anything wrong? Well, maybe Silicon Valley, too specialized in a small segment of the of the the, the economy, and and thus didn't have diversification. But who who should have been in there? Don't, aren't they regulated? Don't they have auditors who come from where do they come from? Washington D.C. to audit them. Come on, this is not that complicated. It's the bozos in Washington that we have running this country who don't have any, any understanding of the stock market. They don't have any understanding of the econ- how the economy works. They're there for one reason and one reason only, and that's to get reelected. Now, why would anybody want to go and rent an apartment in in, in in Washington, D.C., for somewhere around $200,000 a year and, and be away from their family because of the graft and, and, and the, the, the illegal money that they're getting. we got to clean this up. It isn't working. And if we don't walk away from this with that one thing learned, 
Washington doesn't work. It, it's got to be changed. First of all, you got to get some new blood out of there. You got to put term limits on these people and you got to get people who understand business. The, the United States government is the biggest business in the world. And again, who's the highest paid government employees? Nick Saban, our football coach. And the next 10 are the other college football coaches. You, you've got to get this government run like a business. We thought we would get that with Donald Trump, and that's why he got in. We thought maybe we can get some business sense in there, but some other things went wrong, and I'm not going down that path. But come on, folks. This, this is our responsibility. We are the citizens. They are, they are going to relieve these banks and to say, we'll make them whole. Who is we? Joe, who is we? will hope make them whole. There's only one we in that this game, and that's me. That's me and, and, and us other citizens. When you bail these banks out, and it's not their fault, it's Jerome's fault, if you when you bail them out, you're going to make it more expensive for them to do business by raising the insurance on them, and they're going to pass those fees on to me and my friends and my viewers, and we're getting damn sick and tired of you not, fuck, excuse me. we're getting damn sick and tired of screwing things up and then putting the beast on our back. You took, you took us to $9 trillion of additional debt, and I want it to stop, clean this up, or get the hell out. Okay, now we'll talk tomorrow about our exposure with our brokerage accounts. 